Rarely wrong, always right. Sam Rajofsky here, News Talk 840 KXNT. Yesterday, folks, here on the program, uh, we're closing out the uh, the show, I mentioned Rappaport. Michael Rappaport, he's a comedian, very left-wing guy, and uh, is certainly splitting with Dem- Democratic Party orthodoxy over Israel. Uh, he is a staunch supporter of Israel and has taken issue with uh, many on the left who are sympathizing with Hamas. You know the story. In fact, it's gotten to the point where someone like Rappaport, who years ago was perhaps one of the most outspoken critics of Donald J. Trump during his presidency, now saying he might even consider voting for Trump if the Democratic Party doesn't get its act together. So as per usual, I, what happens is, folks, I'll, I'll say something, I'll get into something on the program, and, and our time is up at uh, 3 o'clock, and I then begin thinking about everything, and I sort of – that's when I come up with all of my most brilliant things to say is when, when the show's over, uh, which is fine because then I can, I can roll it into the next day as long as it's relevant, and it is because funny enough – there was a piece that Robbie sent to me here from a few days ago. And I had not seen this. It was an opinion piece in the Times by Michelle Goldberg. Uh, looks like it was published on the 15th, so just um, you know, four days ago or so. And the piece, it's a, it's a look, that, I'll tell you what the title of it is. What's driving former progressives to the right? That's what they're asking themselves. Why are we losing folks to the other side, right? What's up with all these, as she puts it, progressive apostates? Now, those of us who are, or those of us who've always been right-thinking, conservative, and orthodox questioning, which I think is, is, is probably... And we'll we'll get into this a little bit because I think it's well, I think it's very relevant to figuring out where this country is headed. To answer the question, is there hope? But let's get to the piece first because this is you know after all appearing in the old gray lady, the paper of record, uh, New York Times uh, opinion section, albeit. And Michelle Goldberg is is a leftist. Okay, she's a, a you know a uh, you know, yeah, party apparatchik type reporter. Uh, her bio, she's a, not just an NYT New York Times columnist, also an MSNBC contributor. Uh, she's, uh, I, yeah, that, that's, that's, her, that's her deal. I mean, she's a, a, a left-wing thought leader. Now, her piece itself is not necessarily thought-leading because, and I always check this when I'm reading a, Publication. If they make a reference to another piece, particularly at the beginning, I got to assume that that other piece was uh, instrumental in inspiring the thoughts that um, that are in the article in front of me. So I, I, I looked at it, and there, yes, there is a piece that she references by Catherine Joyce and Jeff Charlotte, and here's the title of their piece. In um, uh, this is in a publication, online publication, in these times.com. Losing the plot, 
the leftists who turn right. Now, so both of these things lament the loss of people who are or were formerly left thinking, uh, them defecting to the to the right. Now, let's go through some of these names. You might recognize them. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna say yeah, well, look, for example, Glenn, Glenn Greenwald. Glenn Greenwald uh, was, you'll remember, of course, was uh, the really broke into the the, the scene with um, his expose on the on all the NSA spy stuff, right? So he, you know, Greenwald is is, is somebody who who had the Snowden story, okay, and he's he's um, and and so it became a dar- was a darling. Of the left, and then of course, has in recent years come out as very critical of leftist. Uh, well, yeah, of leftism in general. Matt Taibbi, Andrew Sullivan of the New Republic, The Atlantic, New York Magazine, Barry Weiss. There's another name. I, you know, New York Times writer who has full on defected. Perhaps even we could throw in people like Russell Brand and Roseanne. And uh, if I could be stretch it a bit to a lesser extent, Dave Chappelle, although they don't mention him uh, in any of these pieces. So here's what's interesting. First off, big thought. What gold – let's see here. In the New York Times, a piece of, by uh, – uh, what's her face here? Uh, gold uh, – Robbie, what's her name again? I don't have it here on the piece, but published. Uh, let's see here. I, I got it. I got it. Goldberg. Thank you, Michelle Goldberg. Here's the general gist of it. See, her thought is that they're just not selling progressivism the right way. Her thought is it's a communication problem. It is a, um, it's 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 a failing to explain leftist policies in a way that make them attractive. Now, I'll tell you why people are defecting. And it's because intelligent people, the people that are able to get outside of the uh, conclusions that they've made in years past and are able to uh, examine new information as it comes up, are looking around them and are seeing an entire world developing that is um, the consequence of of liberal left wing policies that are that are not good. Some of these people who live in New York, who live in Los Angeles, who live in San Francisco, who who live in these cities and states that have been run for decades now under the thumb of Democrat politicians are seeing and are experiencing in real time the uh, absolute disastrous consequences of these policies. And they're reacting to it. And I would say another thing, too, and, and, and why you're seeing such an acceleration of this. You know, I, for one here, continue to come back to 2020, even though I don't like to always live in the past, but it's important because something happened in 2020. And you had... Oh, it was Trump, yeah, big election. Yeah, I understand. But you had COVID. And the repressive COVID-era policies led primarily by the left have been discredited. 
none of it worked. We now universally accept that it was all nonsense, that a generation of kids are scarred by this, that the economy will take years to recover properly. Prices at the pump, at the grocery store, housing, etc., all impacted by that event. And we understand that the statists in charge, that the true left-wing fascists that put forward all of their ideas, that they, they, they've, they, what was their answer when, when everything came back and we figured out that this thing really was a lot more the way we thought it was than they did? What was their answer to it? They wanted amnesty. They wanted forgiveness. They wanted us to move forward. They wanted us to move on. And I say this because it's a vignette. It's just one of these things. By the way, they're going to ask for the same thing. When we finally come to a realization as a country that mutilating 11-year-olds, 12-year-olds, 14-year-olds to affirm radical trans ideology is abhorrent, is one of the most disgusting, awful stains on our nation's his- in our nation's history and on this nation. And what will happen is when we come to realization, these same people that wanted amnesty on COVID will want amnesty on that. It's not a communication thing. It's that their policies are indefensible, even and even in the face of being completely discredited. What happens? They run for the hills, or they put their head in the sand, or they want us to just forget about it and move on. They can't defend it. These cities that are coming apart at the seams, great American cities that are lying in ruin, where there are drug-addled zombies roaming the streets, where, where, where you're either stepping over hypodermic needles or human feces, as you try to get to the one store that is still open on a once-thriving city block, and what do they tell you? They tell you, oh, well, San Francisco's never been better, Sam. Nothing to see here. There is a reason why smart people are leaving leftism. There's also a pretty solid reason for why the dumb ones are staying. By the way, there are no conservative articles lamenting the loss of conservatives to the liberal movement. That you will not see. And before you, you know, you tell me that it's uh, people like Adam Kissinger or or Lynch, uh, Liz Cheney, excuse me. Uh, that, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm not talking about, you know, I'm not talking about politicians that are switching sides. I'm talking about thought leaders, intellectuals. It's not happening. Smart people are fleeing the left, and they're fleeing at a fast clip, as fast as people are moving out of California and New York State. Trust me. Don't go anywhere. The What's Right Show will continue in a moment. Sam Rajovsky, News Talk 840, KXNT. If you've been in an accident, there's no reason to call a sleazy lawyer. It's not just about the settlement check. It's about representing your interests and your values. So call Sam and Ash at 702-820-1234 or visit samandashlaw.com. Hi, welcome back. You're listening to the What's Right Show brought to you by Sam and Ash Injury Law 
In a crash, call Sam and Ash, 702-820-1234. In fact, a listener uh, just a couple days ago called into Sam and Ash right from the scene of the accident to get advice on what he should do. That is exactly the right approach, by the way, because I've told you all the strange and shady people that will uh, show up and try to quote-unquote help you, give you uh, advice, and send you to crooked lawyers and doctors who will do nothing good for you. So that's – you know avoid all of that. Get an honest, straightforward, and on-your-side lawyer from Go, 702-820-1234 because you deserve what's right. Now – A number of writers on the left in the last week have published pieces lamenting the loss of liberal uh, intellectuals, if you will, uh, to the right. People who have, like Max Blumenthal or Anna Kasparian even, of the Young Turks going through some sort of a reawakening. I'm not saying Kasparian's an intellectual, but she's a thought leader. And she has a following, and she's been lampooned by many on the left for saying this. This was, I believe, just was this last week, Robbie. No, this was back in July. That's right. Over the summer, Stitch and Adam on their podcast had her uh, asked her about her where she's at because maybe some of her opinions had been shifting. Listen, I'm going through something very real and very sincere and it's uncomfortable and it has not been an enjoyable process for me. It's been difficult. And so all sorts of people from all sorts of political ideologies have theories on like what's actually happening with me. Right. And the main accusation, both from the left and the right, is that I'm, I'm grifting which is hilarious because literally nothing has changed about my work life. I'm in the mm-hmm. same place. I have the same audience. Um, the audience doesn't like some of what I have to say or some of the new conclusions I've, I've come to. I don't know what my political labels are at this point, right? Because I feel like I don't really fit anywhere. And it's that's just full honesty. It's, again, very uncomfortable for me. And I want to say that out of any point in my adult life, This is probably the point where I'm the most malleable. Most malleable. Now, here are uh, some of the issues, right, that she's uh, struggling with, right? One of the top ones is free speech. You know, when I was a a younger person, ironically, the liberal left in this country was a – was the predominant – Champion of civil liberties, of the First Amendment. Groups like, for example, the ACLU would go out of their way to defend abhorrent organizations like the Ku Klux Klan. Say these people should have the right to march through Jewish communities. The famous case, the Klan organizing a rally, a march through Skokie, Illinois. Right, this was this was normal stuff. It was conservatives who were neoconservatives who were statists and who were uh, perhaps a little bit hostile to some of these civil civil liberties. And, and it's now quite the opposite. And I'll tell you, you you know, it, it, I I think some of this right, some of this obviously is is a, a very theoretical and, and intellectual change in thinking. But these are 
all, you have to understand them, their reactions to events. And I would say as far as events to political decisions. I think one of the big political decisions that will come back to haunt the American left is the 2016 Democratic primary. You're probably thinking, well, Sam, what do you, what do you mean? It's, that's going back a little ways. Why? Well, you'll remember that uh, there were a lot of leftists I knew that were very much uh, supporting uh, Bernie Sanders. I love Bernie Sanders. And I'm convinced, and I've said this many times, that Bernie Sanders could have won against Trump, believe it or not. But the Democratic Party establishment, the superdelegates, the, the powers, the grand poobahs of the uh, the Democratic Party decided that Bernie was not to be the one. And what did they do? They anointed uh, Hillary Clinton, and the rest is history. Now, what happened next? That's the part that a lot of people don't talk about. What happened next is Hillary Clinton uh, you know, became the party. And what did, what did Bernie do? Well, he had to sit down and shut up. The Democrats more or less told him that. So the, the guy that was out there that was championing uh, you know, the, the progressive causes was told to sit down to shut up and tow the party line. And so he did, and he went begrudgingly, I believe, uh, supported Hillary Clinton and, um, and uh, did even some appearances for her and did it through, through uh, gritted teeth. And this put people off, I know for a fact, caused a rift. All the way back in early 2016, rift with the Democratic Party. So that's one event, right? And that's a political event. That's a political decision. We're really, in effect, relative to the size of this country, a handful of people made a decision that was far from a Democratic one. And it it, it made, I know, it made a generation of liberal Democrats rethink some of their old allegiances. But the next event, and I, I'll keep saying this, I'll tell you, I think, I think COVID is a big one. Do you know how many of my liberal friends who, uh, some of them, quite honestly, true story, would turn down invitations from, from me and from my wife as late as 2021 because we weren't vaccinated? I mean, would shun us outright. People that I do business with, people that, people that have, I, and I don't want to sound pretentious here, okay, people that have no business saying no to an invite from me, okay? Uh, and they did because they thought they were in such a high and mighty position and they had all been told by these learned individuals, these thought leaders in, in, on the left and these scientists, they all been told no, this is the right thing. Sam is wrong. All those conservative people are wackos. And they all ended up with egg on their face, and they know it now. They're all questioning it. Now, I have to go to break, but the trans issue, that's the next one. Because this, this trans issue, the, the enormous slap across the face to women's rights, just, you know, completely... Uh, Ruining women's sport, all in the name of this radical ideology. It, it's people are fleeing the left over this issue. 
And I'll tell you what it means for the 2024 race. It's a big factor. It is a big, huge deal. Sam Urjofsky, News Talk 840 KXNT, this hour brought to you by Sam and Ash Injury Law because you deserve what's right. Personal injury law is constantly changing. Uber and Lyft accidents aren't like other cases, but most law firms haven't kept up. Don't trust a new case to a lawyer who's stuck in the past. Call Sam and Ash, 702-820-1234, or visit SamAndAshLaw.com. Hi, welcome back. You're listening to the What's Right Show, brought to you by Sam and Ash Injury Law. My email, sam at samandashlaw.com, sam at samandashlaw.com. Oh, there we go, doing it, uh, muddling my words. Sam at samandashlaw.com, that's the email uh, to reach me at. So a couple of uh, high-profile pieces in the last week coming out about all of the leftists that are leaving the left and coming over to a more conservative way of thinking. And some of these people, by the way, the reason that the remaining leftists are so upset about these defectors is because they've become powerful voices of criticism for these leftist policies that have caused so much havoc and wreaked so much destruction upon this country. Now, I mentioned just before the break that one of the one of the um, top issues here that I think is dividing people is uh, or, or beginning to beginning to uh, bring leftists over to the conservative side is the trans issue. Now, the trans issue has a few different components. The two that are most important to me, because I'm a lit and let live guy, okay? I'm a lit and let live guy. I, uh, you know, if you're if you're 19, 18 years old, and you want to sever your uh, genitals and uh, have them reattached to your forehead, I don't care what you do with you. It's your body, your choice. I feel very strongly about that. My problem is the kids. So the so-called gender-affirming care, that's one area that I think, when it comes to kids, is just indefensible. And I'm sorry, none of us uh, who have been parents, who are grandparents, who have experienced raising kids, none of us believe you when you tell us that your three-year-old thinks he's non-binary. Okay? None of us believe you. What we see is a grown, A-money-money adult that has mental problems and is projecting those mental problems onto their child. I see child abuse. That's what I see. And saying that out loud, of course, you know, try doing that, let's say, six months ago at Harvard. I know Harvard now is firmly on the side of free speech, but <laughs> well before October 7th, if you were on Harvard and said what I just said, uh, you might be kicked out of the school if you're a student. You certainly are going to lose your job if you're a faculty member. All right. So that's one side of it. The other part of the trans radical movement is this idea that men can compete against women in women's sports. It's asinine. It's absolutely ridiculous. You, you can't do it. It's idiotic. And everybody knows it's idiotic. Okay? We all know it's nuts. We all know it doesn't make sense. We all know there's a reason why women's sports was 
was established, a place where women could compete against women, and that it's no value judgment, but a, a woman's body is built differently than a man's. And something that used to be an irrefutable fact uh, is suddenly now uh, being questioned and being politicized. And anybody with half of a brain who previously sympathized with leftists on matters of social policy is looking at this and going, no, 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 no. Now you have thrown women whole cloth under the bus for the sake of your radicalism. Sorry, it's a no-go. So those two issues of when we talk about the trans issue are, are, are huge. And I'll, th- I'll give you another name here because I want to contextualize it to people. J.K. Rowling. J.K. Rowling, when she came out with her books, of course, you know, Harry Potter, that series. She's a, uh, by the way, I think a welfare mom basically who became a billionaire or at least a multimillionaire. I don't know if she's got a, how much, a lot of money, very successful. Which is which we admire, right? We here uh, on this program look up to anybody who succeeds, and and certainly uh, applaud her. And but for many years, I always knew what you know J.K. Rowling's opinions. I, 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 I've and I've read the books, not all of them. I've read them; they're fine. I'm I'm one of these people. I don't even think that they're that particularly great. I know I'm going to get into some hot water there. Regardless, she was always this. She was always this leftist person. Whenever she spoke about any issues, I go, oh my gosh, just. Shut up already. And then all of a sudden, she came out against trans radical ideology. And what do you think happened to her by, well, at the hands of her formerly fellow, uh, ideologically fellow travelers? Well, they, 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 they went ballistic on her. They attacked her. They, that's, this is the term, uh, turf, T-E-R-F. Trans-exclusionary radical feminist. So all of these, uh, you know, dikey women running around who were uh, freaking out and yelling at her and spitting at her in public, calling her a turf, because how dare she speak out for preserving womanhood, biological womanhood. Fine, you're a trans woman. We get it. But you're not a real woman, okay? You can't compete in a woman's sport. And the, you know, obvious unfairness of it and the consequences of it of all these, you know, men who were out there competing against women and who went from absolute mediocrity to suddenly winning medals, I mean, that speaks for itself. I don't even have to explain it. But these people don't want a dialogue. They're fanatics, And just the same way as in a post-COVID universe where everything that they told us was gospel truth turned out to be, you know, basically rubbish. And their answer to it was like, ah, let's do amnesty. We didn't know. You know what? You know, we listen. It was a a complicated time. No, it wasn't a complicated time. You just decided to follow CNN and plug yourself into mainstream media, and you didn't use your brain. You don't get to now have amnesty after you made it so that we couldn't go to funerals of our loved ones. When you made it so we couldn't visit our dying relatives in nursing homes. You can't just ask for amnesty now that you've taken two years of my kid's life in school. You can't just 
ask us to forgive that. What the literal hell is wrong with you? Sorry, folks. I get a little upset about that. That's not an exhaustive list, right? I could go on. These people tormented us with their ideology, and it turns out they were wrong, we were right, and now they just want us to forgive. I don't think we can. What are we going to tell all of these kids who've had their sexual organs, their breasts cut off just because they were bipolar, confused, and went to a therapist, and the therapist goes, Whoop, you're trans. Off to the doctor that's going to make forty, fifty thousand dollars on this procedure. The drug companies making a killing, selling Lupride and other drugs that have been around for a long time to treat precocious puberty that have significant known side effects and should never be used at scale the way they are now on kids for quote unquote gender affirming care. Here's another topic, and this goes into the election bigly. Crime. The left sold us on the idea. Well, they didn't sell me, but they sold themselves and, you know, I would say in many jurisdictions, a majority of people based on voting habits. They sold folks on the idea that we needed to be more compassionate with criminal thugs. Now, everywhere where this compassion in the form of social justice reform has been tried uh, is not a good place. It's not the kind of place you would want to live. Hell, it's not even the kind of place a lot of these libs that voted for this stuff want to live. They're done with it. They're huge and almost unprecedented since the Great Depression uh, shifts, migrations of Americans across this country. There are migrations within California. For example, a lot of Californians moving from uh, blue counties like Los Angeles to red counties like Orange County. People from California, blue states, moving to more uh, reasonable states like Nevada or red states like Florida. There's a reason for that. Now, not every person that leaves a place they don't like has made the connection between the policies that they voted for. It's actually more complicated than that. Has made the connection between the party that they support, the folks that they then voted in from that party, the policies that those people put into effect, and the consequences thereof. That one to two, two to three, three to four is, you're already asking a lot of the average feeble-minded person. So I'm convinced a lot of these people haven't made the connection, which is why they're going to Texas and they're going to Florida. They're coming here to Nevada. And what are they doing? They're voting the same gosh damn way that they did when they were back in California. Great going, guys. But not all of them are. A lot of people are seeing this for what it is. A lot of people, thought leaders, etc., are switching sides to such an extent that there are these pieces now being written in the New York Times and elsewhere lamenting their loss. 
and trying to explain it away as, well, we're just not doing a good enough job explaining it. Or as the folks over in the uh, in these times.com, Catherine Joyce and Jeff Charlotte losing the plot, the leftists, and they put it in quote, who turn right, uh, their basic thesis is that they're, these people are both lost and they're also doing it for the money. Sort of a l- little bit of a nod to what Anna Kasparian, that is it's an opportunism, right? That there's people paying them to switch sides. It's not how it is. For them, I'll tell you quite honestly, a lot of these folks that switch sides lost their dream jobs when they switch sides. People like Barry Weiss lost they, they've gotten back up. They've climbed back up, but they went through a period of, of, of real economic hardship. So this the idea that this is somehow, you know, this is all, all, all money is, is ludicrous. Do you all remember, those of you who are regular listeners to this program know that over the last several months, I have been saying that 2024 is an ideas election i don't hear anybody else really saying that out there in the news everybody's hung up on the people and don't get me wrong it's important to talk about the people because you don't get to vote on ideas we don't vote up and down on ideas we ultimately have to coalesce behind a person the good bad and the ugly a person but in the primaries in the lead up to the primaries And even in the general election, ideas are important. And that, I think, by the way, bothers me about some of these Republicans running in the races. They don't have any ideas. They're just like – they just repeat the same trite things. It's nothing nothing creative, nothing nothing new. They just are Democrats light, and they they just want to appeal to as many people as possible, and all their consultants are telling them what to say. So as we – as we take all of this information, all these issues, right, are they a factor in 24? Will they be a factor? I have some thoughts on this because uh, because I, I, th- I think the answer to that question will, will determine a little bit of where all this goes, uh, both in the primaries and, and, of course, in the general election. So stay tuned, please. I will be back in just a moment. Sam Rajovsky, The What's Right Show, brought to you by Sam and Ash Injury Law because you deserve what's right. If you've been in an accident, there's no reason to call a sleazy lawyer. It's not just about the settlement check. It's about representing your interests and your values. So call Sam and Ash at 702-820-1234 or visit samandashlaw.com. Well, yeah, I mean, this that's another one. It's not it's yeah, not just exclusively crime, Robbie. It's um it's 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 also schooling, right? When we talk about social justice reform, right? What has it done to our schools? Sam Rajovsky here, News Talk 840 KXNT. I firmly believe, for example, here in Nevada, there is going to be a, a whole cloth rejection of social justice reform. It's begun. They've shaved a few pieces off of it this last legislative session. But, you know, rank and file members, unionized members, of the teachers' union, for example, most of which I presume are fairly left-leaning people, they understand firsthand what it's like to have a classroom that is uh, per- put in peril by two, three, four uh, folks of kids that that just 
don't listen, have no respect for authority, and have zero, and I mean zero fear of any kind of consequences, which is something, by the way, if you've taught in the classroom for more than 10 minutes, you do still, and teachers do that I talk to, remember a time when kids did fear consequences for poor behavior. So what changed? Just in the same way as criminals are allowed to run amok through cities like Los Angeles, so too are kids beating up each other, teachers, killing students, are doing it because they've gotten away with the little stuff. If you've got a misbehaving student in your class, you got, what, do you know the kind of paperwork you have to go through in Clark County in Nevada to expel, to suspend even a student who is being disruptive? So in high school, in a class where there are a minimum of, you tell me, 35, 38 people, kids, it's great. 35 of them could be model students. All it takes is one or two to completely derail the entire school year. Is that social justice? Right In the purest sense, are you sacrificing 35 kids for the sake of one delinquent all because you have some cockamamie theory about, you know, well, this person was born with, a, you know, with a, you know, less privilege. And so consequently, they deserve to be ameliorated in any way, shape possible. It's insanity. At some point, there is a disconnect between the theory and the practice. I tell you, a fundamental uh, item for me, non-negotiable item in Nevada that we must do here to save the state. If we talk about education, it's not just about the money. Any person that tells you teachers need more money, fine. I won't disagree. But you're not getting anything. You're not getting anything of value for the students, and frankly, at the end of the day, you're you're not getting much of value for the teachers either. If they're constantly in harm's way and they have to act, they 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 can't even teach in the classroom because they're too busy being behavior police and managing disruptive kids. It's, I'm sorry, it's got to be a three strikes and you're out deal, okay. Okay, Bob, you got a strike. Okay, Bob, that's two. Okay, that's three. Now you're done. We've got your fir- your third uh, third and last warning, and you're off to the you're off to the farm school, right? They don't I don't care where it is. It's not going to be pleasant. You're not going to have recess. You're not going to you're. It's going to be kind of a you know kind of a a, a working deal, right? You're going to have to be in the classroom, but then you're going to be out there doing some kind of physical labor, and it's a little prison like. And guess what? Kids are really not going to like it. And a few of them are going to go over there and they're going to tell our friends about that it's a living hellhole. And they'll say, hey, next time Mrs. Smith tells you to be quiet, if if I'd be you, I'd be quiet. You don't want to go here. That's what we need. See, and it's this kind of thinking, right? And, And the left is completely, the modern left, the new radical left, thinks that that is the most oppressive, terrible thing on the planet. Do you know what I think is oppressive? I think it's oppressive to derail an entire school year for 35 kids 
just to deliver so-called social justice for one. I think that's abominable. Now, I'll tell you this. We are not alone. You and I, we are not alone in this thinking. And there's a silent majority in this country who have seen all of this, who've seen the crime, who've seen the trans stuff going on, who've seen the, 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 have seen this, the, the, the assault on the First Amendment, who have seen this country coming apart and they're quiet and they're not on anybody's radar. But I'm telling you, these people are going to vote. They're going to vote in November, in November 2024. I'm telling you that this election could well be a surprise to the folks on the left who think there's a you know, 50-50 chance that they eke it through. Now, what's Biden going to do? Well, one thing he could do is go to war. There's something brewing you need to know about. We'll talk about that next here on News Talk 840 KXNT. Hi, it's Ash from Sam and Ash Injury Law. You need a lawyer you can trust. So give us a call at 702-820-1234 or go to SamandAshLaw.com. No pressure, just answers, because you deserve what's right. Nevada's favorite recovering Californian, Sam Rajovsky here, News Talk 840 KXNT. Folks, really great to be here with you. Uh, appreciate our time together. By the way, just saw I just send this to you, Robbie. A moment ago, I saw the LA Times had a piece. Uh, talk about understatement. And I'll get to the I'll get to Biden here in a minute, and the possibility of us opening another front uh, in a war that sees American military personnel going to the Middle East. But I get to that in a moment. But I have to. I have to mention this because it's a big see I told you so. The LA Times, yes, the LA Times is um well they they're they're writing a piece. Okay, so here's the piece. The wealthiest Californians are fleeing the state. Why that's very bad news for the economy. Uh I mean, haven't we wasn't this completely predictable? Goes on to write, in a reversal from past decades, more college graduates and professionals are moving out of California than coming in it to escape the higher taxes and cost of living. This is precisely the conversation I had with uh, some folks that I had the uh, privilege of having a wonderful dinner with last night, including my friend Daniel Escrupa, who was the president of Chapman University. A very fascinating dinner. Of course, I, you know me, I'm a provocateur. So I, I walk into the dinner and um, and uh, and I and I, I asked I asked sort of feigning feigning ignorance. I asked if there was any news recently in the world of higher education. Uh, <laughs> well <laughs> what he laughed uh well well Strupa laughed of course he laughed he knows he knows i'm i'm poking the bear uh well i was referring to to Claudine Gay and and the uh, the, uh, the three the three stooges the presidents that showed up a couple weeks back getting grilled in congress about what is free speech 
I'll, I'll tell you a little bit more about that dinner later. Anyway, because it was, it was interesting to actually sit in a room with the president of a university, right? I think with everything going on, that's a, that's an interesting perspective. So we'll, we'll, we'll chat about that here in a moment. But setting that aside, one thing that's, that, that, Pretty much everybody in the room, and we're all uh, – well, no, Stroop is based in Orange County. Obviously, Chapman is in Anaheim uh, – excuse me, Orange, Old Town Orange. But, uh, but you know, but the, the rest of us were all here in Vegas since dinner was here, and, and you know, he was, he was visiting us. And, uh, and so, you know, but it's funny because uh, so many of these you – know, a lot of people are graduating from Chapman and are graduating in Orange – Maybe even have jobs lined up in Southern California and are saying no. So Daniel Estrupa was telling us about his kids. He's got several really bright, talented kids, and they're all looking for work out of state. His son moved to Florida. So, Dad, I'm out. I got way more opportunity there. Can keep more of what I earn. I'm out. Not interested. And I said, well, I, I was teasing. I said, well, when are you moving to Nevada? Because uh, he goes, I can't. I got my job. There's people. There are certain people that are stuck in California. But if you have, if you are young and at the start of your career, or you're fabulously wealthy, have a business that you can just pick up and move, and there are people that have that, they'll pick up and move. That's why the LA Times is saying that the, you know, that that this. The, the analysts in the state budget, part of their $68 billion deficit in the next fiscal year is because of a 25% drop in personal income tax collection in 23. You know, who else is feeling this, by the way, is L.A. And, and San Francisco. All those empty storefronts, that's all rent revenue no one no one's getting taxes on, Right. And by the way, what are all those owners of those properties doing? They're taking enormous they're 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 taking losses on their taxes. So they're not paying income tax on the potential gains there, but also taking it as a loss and using it to claw back money from previous years. They're carrying it back. So it's not just affecting twenty three revenues, it's affecting taxes already paid into the system in some cases. There you go. This is a real problem. Well, my favorite thing, by the way, and this leads into, my friends, it leads into my concerns for our future military interventions in the next, uh, call it 10 months. Why well, say 10 months? Because I say fa- basically between now and, no- and early November. Well, the election, yes. Okay, so you've got a you've got a president who's deeply unpopular. You've got a president who, again, and I keep saying this, folks, here till I'm blue in the face. Uh, don't trust the rosy picture on the economy. Things will get worse, unfortunately. So button down the hatches is what is 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 what I would recommend you do. All right. I you know I can always be surprised, but you know hope for the best, prepare for the worst is 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 my is my admonition. So anyway, Biden, Team Biden, they still think everything's great, but you know they're lying through their teeth. They absolutely know that this is not the situation. It's the same way that Gavin Newsom says everything's fine in California. California, by every metric, let me tell you, and then cherry pick certain data 
to make you think that California really is, is, is in its biggest boom period. But anybody with half a brain can see it go, oh, I don't think that's quite the case, right? So the economy. Well, it's, it's yeah. Uh, economy is in a better place. Reporter asked Karine Jean-Pierre today in the White House why the economic message still isn't connecting. That's lib speak for why don't they believe the bull crap that you're trying to sell? Listen. There are historical actions that this president has taken that has shown, the data shows, that the economy is in a better place. But I understand, we understand that Americans don't feel it right now. That's why we're going to continue to talk about junk fees, making sure that that is uh, something that we deal with, right? Making sure that uh, we're beating Big Pharma and lowering uh, drug costs for Americans. Oh, So don't mind what you're actually experiencing. Don't mind reality. Ignore all of that. We're going to tell you it's actually really good. We're going to, we're, and we're going to continue to talk about it. That's the good news. We'll just continue talking about it. Meanwhile, you get to pay these high prices with money you don't have. (laughs) Isn't that wild? (laughs) By the way, there was a great Babylon Bee skit. This is a, a meme that was upgraded with a deep fake of Biden's voice where he is like Bob Barker, you know, he's like the Price is Right guy. (laughs) Did you see this? The reason, okay, the reason this is funny is because everything that Corrine Jean-Pierre says about the economy is total crap. Welcome to The Price is Rising, where you guess how much the cost of common household goods has changed during my appointments. Because guess what? It's working. Uh, anyway, let's let's see our next item. First item. <clears throat> uh, boldest and breasts. For years ago, you could get that for a dollar. Uh, how much do you think they cost now? Five dollars and fifteen cents, Crypt Keeper. Uh, Eight dollars and forty cents. Uh, Ten dollars and sixty cents. Let, let's let's see the actual price. Uh, $8.44. Chip is correct. Wait, wait. It just went up to the 1060. Uh, now, now me is right. Yeah! Yeah! <laughs> kind of feels like that in this economy. Okay? Now, remember we spent the first part of this program today talking about how when people who formerly were on the left have an awakening, and say, you know what, all of this nonsense that you've told us is nonsense, and we realize it, and we realize that the emperor doesn't have any clothes. So when we do that, right, when we have that happen, what's their response? Criticize the person who has had the awakening, criticize the truth teller, Criticize the little boy who's pointing his finger at the emperor and going, hey, "There you go." Um, look, I, I, uh, uh, that, that's that's the problem here, right? And since they're not willing to accept the fact that there is a fundamental underlying problem in this economy and that people are suffering and they want to talk their way out of it and they just want to follow the same platitudes internally, this is a group of people that I fear is very concerned about how they win in November. And there's a path forward to that that um, seems to me to be 
fairly, uh, well, it's, it, it could work. That's the thing. It could work. All Biden right now needs is a war he can win. Let's talk about that when we come back. Sam Rajovsky here, News Talk 840 KXNT. You're listening to The What's Right Show, brought to you by Sam and Ash Injury Law. If you've been in an accident, there's no reason to call a sleazy lawyer. It's not just about the settlement check. It's about representing your interests and your values. So call Sam and Ash at 702-820-1234 or visit samandashlaw.com. Yes, listener Ed, my good friend reaching out, it's batten down the hatches. You're right, Ed. I say button down the hatches. Hey, look, folks, um... English is my second language. I do the best I can over here. I say some funny things occasionally, and those of you who catch it and email me in real time, I appreciate all of you. One of these days, I will learn how to speak English. I promise. Sam Rajovsky here, News Talk 840 KXNT. You're listening to The What's Right Show, brought to you by Sam and Ash Injury Law. You can reach me, sam at samandashlaw.com. Sam at SamAndAshLaw.com. So there's been some troubling developments uh, in the Red Sea, in the channel there, uh, in Yemen, by Yemen. The Houthi rebels are out there. This is one of the proxy groups that's being funded by Iran. And these people are, you know, are, are waging war on, on trade, on ships passing through the region. Now, these people... Look, these are this is asymmetric warfare, right? I mean, these these are folks that don't have a lot of military might, uh, but they're certainly causing an outsized disruption. They're seizing some ships, uh, and and it's to the point where, for example, I read yesterday Evergreen, which is a major shipping company out of uh, Taiwan, uh, they've suspended all traffic through that route. Well, it leads up to the Suez Canal. Is the gateway from Indian Ocean up to the Mediterranean. So this is this is not an insignificant development. So I've seen some uh, photos and videos and such of major military movements, naval movements, uh, in um, in the region. It looks like we're deploying forces. Now it's no doubt. Listen, no doubt. Do our ships? need to be protected. I also think that there are other countries that ought to participate in this, and I'm not sure the extent that they are. Nonetheless, it seems that Team Biden is deploying uh, naval forces out there. Uh, this is this is fascinating because, I, again, I think that I, I'm concerned, right? I'm concerned. Anytime that the Biden administration is out there flexing military muscle with a depleted military, that has been wokeified almost to death, okay? My concern is, one, that this military doesn't experience a public failure. What Biden thinks here, I guarantee you, inside the White House, the thinking goes as such. We have a problem. Yes, we have a problem. Okay. Can we go in there and look strong? Can we flex some American muscle and win this? Well, who's the enemy? Well, you got the Houthis. Who are they? Well, they're a well, Shia revival movement. You know, they're they're close to Iran. Ooh, that's good. They've been in conflict with the government of Yemen since what back in the nineties. They are a little like Hamas or a little like Hezbollah. Okay, bad guys got it. 
John Kirby, you know, says that they're by the way, they we we took these people off. Biden took these people off the registry, the terrorism designation list, even though their slogan is a cheery, quote, death to America, death to Israel, curse the Jews and victory to Islam, which has a delightful and cheery ring to it. So, yeah, Trump made them a terror org in 21. Biden delisted them in 21, and then, um, you know, and now they're rethinking all of it. But they're looking at this group as an easy, kind of easy win. My honest-to-goodness fear is that this military, even the Navy, every branch of this military is significantly weakened. Hell, our, our, our people can't even land an airplane without putting it in the soup. You saw that? Or was that the airplane? Was it in Hawaii, I think? Overran the runway, and they showed the crew. Now, I don't mean to be flip here, but the crew of this airplane that, that overran the runway and ended up, you know, sunken there off the, you know, in, in the ocean, uh, the crew was, was very diverse, okay? And when you prioritize diversity over capability, when you kicked everyone out of the military who, wouldn't take your stupid vaccine as if that was like the most important thing. When you care about having a military that is uh, sentient on matters such as white supremacy, you're not building a terrifyingly competent killer force of men and women. You're 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 building a you're building a gosh damn YMCA and. In in us, you know, somewhere in in uh, in Haight Ashbury, and that's what we've got here. Do you do you realize how quickly the world would fall apart if we were to go in and go to squash a relatively insignificant bunch of, you know, gnats, <laughs> relative to say the Chinese army, gnats in Yemen, and fail? I can't even. I can't even tell you how horrified I'd be by that and how, oh, the minute China sees that, they're going into Taiwan. I mean, it's game over. Deterrence is all about perception. One of the most damaging things that Vladimir Putin uh, did to himself uh, in the, in the, in the uh, uh, war, excuse me, uh, invasion of uh, Ukraine is that he, he, he went in and, and it didn't go as quickly as he'd hoped. I mean, we see this now, 300 plus thousand dead, uh, two years in, not going swell. And, uh, and, and all of a sudden his vaunted military that everybody in the region sort of feared, you know, cause they, they heard rumors that maybe it was a little not so good, but then suddenly it was like right in front of everybody's eyes. His military was failing against a country that it should not be losing to. I don't jump all over me. It's not a conversation about Ukraine. It's not a conversation about funding. It's just a conversation about what happens when you put yourself out there publicly, uh, and your your you know your personnel isn't up to snuff. Now I know for a fact because I speak to many of you who are serving, who have told me, who have emailed me, who've 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 expressed in in, in anguishing detail the extent to which you fear for this country because the military is not the same organization you joined 10 years ago. 
that in just the last several years, the military is significantly worse off because it's been wokeified. So that's my that's my problem here, right? And, and, and Kirby can get out there and he can say you know, all he wants. They asked him today. Yeah, they did. They, he had a press conference, and they, they asked about this. Um, and uh, they're, they're reviewing whether or not they're going to redesignate the Houthis as a terror organization, okay? All right, so this, they've, been, they've been asked this now for several weeks as they seize ships and terrorize the region and potentially bring commerce to a standstill. Well, I don't know if we can call them a terror group quite yet. Could be slightly problematic. Yeah, I don't know about that. So there it is. Um, well, I no, I mean it's 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 a big deal. But you could see you could see that Biden wants to go out and needs a victory. The economy's in the toilet. Poll numbers are in the toilet. Everything is sort of falling apart. And then there you have it. Now let's get to another important issue: the border. Wow, it's going from bad to worse. And folks, make no mistake about it, it is all by design. Sam Rajofsky here, News Talk 840. You're listening to The What's Right Show, brought to you by Sam and Ash Injury Law. Hi, it's Ash from Sam and Ash Injury Law. You need a lawyer you can trust. So give us a call at 702-820-1234 or go to salmonashlaw.com. No pressure, just answers, because you deserve what's right. Greetings, friends, and welcome back to the What's Right Show, brought to you by Sam and Ash Injury Law, your place for common sense conservatism Monday through Friday. 1 to 3 p.m. Uh, all right, so look, the border is a mess. Uh, there's no two ways about it. Uh, it's it's absolutely coming undone before our very eyes. Uh, the border numbers, the number of migrant encounters in a single day uh, has hit a record, okay? Uh, so uh, on, on Monday, yesterday, 12,600-plus migrants were encountered. Not apprehended, encountered. And the images on the border, contrary to anything that uh, anybody is saying about it, shows people walking into the country. Now, one of the other things that I'm seeing is I'm looking at these lines of people, and I don't see families coming. I see young men. I see men in their 20s and 30s. You know what's astounding to me is that I'm just thinking of, of myself, right? If, if I were to have to flee where I live, if it were so bad that I had to leave, I couldn't go without my family. I couldn't leave without my kids, right? Just think about this. You wouldn't do that. So when you see these pictures, these video grabs of of just uh, the gates open, and here comes here comes here comes six hundred people basically in a giant stream, and you you pinch and zoom, you look at the photo, and you get in there, you go, okay, well, I, I see one woman there, and oh, I don't see any kids. I see a bunch of, but I, you know, I of the of the six hundred five hundred fifty of them are men, all in that age range. Saw somebody 
posted a comment about this uh, today saying that, you know, when, when, when you're fleeing war as a man, you take your family. If you're going to war, you leave your family behind. Now, I'm not actually suggesting these folks are all coming here to wage war, but in a sense, they're here to conquer. They're here to make some money, take advantage of the system, whatever it is. They're doing it illegally, so fundamentally, I have an issue with that. Watching my entire childhood, my parents do it right as immigrants, follow every rule. My father could not work because he did not initially have his work permit. I remember all of this. I know their struggles. Folks, it is not easy to do things the right way. And everything that the Biden administration is allowing to happen here is a poke in the eye to every immigrant who did it the correct way. When this administration says they're pro-immigrant, they're not pro-legal immigrant because if they were, they would not disrespect legal immigrants by allowing so many. I mean an unbelievable number. What are we at now? 10 million since January of 21? 10 million plus? You imagine, right? People looking at each other who sacrificed everything to go through the process to get a green card, looking at each other, was, well, well, hell, why did we do all that? We could have just stayed here, overstayed a visa. These people never would care. Why did we do it the right way? This morning, Tuesday, agents are still processing and transporting more than 4,500 migrants at one of the busiest crossing points with more than 5,300 already in custody. And facilities are at 260% over capacity. And you know what they're doing to the rest? You know what they're doing with the rest? They're shipping them around the country. That's, that's what they're doing. I mean, it's, it's, I mean it's, it's wild. Ashley St. Clair yesterday was at the Phoenix airport boarding a Delta flight uh, going to New York. And this is what she said. This is a live report as she's there in the airport. I'm at the Phoenix airport right now. I'm waiting to board my flight to New York, uh, to JFK. And it looks like we have a whole lot of migrants who are also boarding this flight that the U.S. taxpayers are paying for. This is what the U.S. taxpayers are paying for right here. Premium seats. That's the best part. That they have people coming here. We're paying for this. They're in shipping seats. them out to New York City because guess what? They're they're in seats you can't even afford. That's the best part. You can't afford premium seats, not in Bidenomics economy. But your taxpayers are going to illegal immigrants to send them to New York. When's the last time you took a vacation to New York City on the government's dime and premier economy or first class? Tell me. Everywhere else is at capacity. So they have these sanctuary cities like New York that they're now shipping these migrants to that we're all paying for. I'm at the Phoenix airport right now. I'm waiting. Astounding. Just absolutely astounding. Okay. You know, pilots, you talk to pilots right now. This is, this is going on. This is not some kook conspiracy theory. I mean, it's going on, right? And by the way, three years ago, if I dared, if I dared show the 
tippy tip outer edge of one of my nostrils out of my mask, I would have two flight attendants get all over my A money money and threaten to put me basically on a no fly list. And now, flash forward three years, and we're letting, I mean, these people are, guarantee you these people have every communicable, disgusting disease possible. These people are teeming with COVID and gosh knows what else, and we're what? We're just like brushing them off, and I can see this in these photos. They get a big plastic bag for their belongings. They get these papers from DHS with their, you know, where their travel orders, and off they go. We, I'm in America And why is this? The Democratic Party sees them as future voters. Plain and simple. Democratic Party wants more folks in here who are barely making it because the way the Democratic Party gets ahead electorally is to have dependent people. Folks that need the state. They need the Democrats. And that is the that is a fundamental difference. Between my thinking and their thinking. Because my opinion on this, frankly, and I, I see it really as transcendent of any sort of political affiliation. I want you to succeed. I want you to be wildly successful. In fact, I want, I want everybody out there to be more successful than me. I don't need to be the, guy, the only guy with the big house in the neighborhood. I, I, I want others to exceed what I have done in life. I wish every single one of my fellow travelers, my fellow beings in, the, in this world to be first and foremost independent and to succeed and to be and, and, and to and to be right to be their own people. And that's what I just do not understand, uh, quite frankly, about leftist thinking, because they thrive off of having folks fully dependent on them and in need of the government. And I, I, I wouldn't, I, you know, I, to me, the individual is supreme over government. Government is there as a means to take care of roads and a few minimum things, national security, the border, gosh forbid. And that's my problem here. We have a government who is, that is failing us in all of its essential functions. The military doesn't work the way it needs to. The roads don't get us started, Right. The roads are atrocious. Uh, what else? The, uh, the, you know, the border, you know, wide open. And so what do we have? We have a full-blown blown crisis. And then you've got these, um, these um, uh, wackadoodle libs going, scratching their heads. How come so many of our former left-wing friends leaving the party? I mean, how could – not just the party, leaving leftism and becoming alt-right. I mean, what the hell is that all about? And you think, well, maybe, just maybe, you got a liberal guy, liberal Jewish guy, let's say, who lives in New York, lives in Brooklyn, or, or maybe the Upper West Side even. Okay. His neighborhood is now what? For two and a half years has been overrun by migrants. It is so bad in New York City that they're their Democratic mayor who ran on a campaign of making New York a sanctuary city and won is now crying foul over the Biden administration's uh, border open border policies. 
Okay, that's how bad it is in New York. You don't need any further proof of it. Eric Adams is out there screaming about, you know, closing the border because New York is at capacity. That's the mayor. I mean, he lives in Gracie Mansion and he's got a police escort. What about you? What about this guy? I just described to you a Jewish intellectual New Yorker, left winger. So every time he leaves his apartment and goes to work or goes to the park or buys a baguette or whatever the hell he likes to do, every time he leaves, he's going through basically a a humanitarian crisis on the street. That same person, after he's done waiting through the migrants, he gets to the park and there are a bunch of people with needles stuck in their arm, zombified on trank, fentanyl, and other drugs. Nothing happening. Goes to a store. Goes to his favorite bodega. They just got robbed. And it was for like the third time they got robbed. And so they're done. And they're saying, sir, sorry, you know, guess what? We're going out of business. And then he thinks, okay, well, I, I got to be compassionate. It's tough out there. And then October 7th happens. And he wakes up on a Saturday morning, just like we all did, to images of of what? <laughs> Innocent Israeli people, his fellow Jews being burned alive, shot like dogs, liberal left-wing hipsters at a music festival, a peace music festival, literally advocates for peace with Palestine getting slaughtered. He takes a deep breath. He goes, you know, these are radicals. This is fine. It's terrible. We got to fight back against this. Good thing America's on my side. And then the next thing you know, his congresswoman, one of New York's congresswomen, AOC and her merry band of left-wing fanatics, a.k.a. the squad, is out there cheering for Hamas. And these morons, these New York Times writers are scratching their their nuts. It's a woman, so maybe not. Who knows? Scratching something. Going, I just don't know. How is it possible that people would would not want to be liberals anymore? And I just give you the example of one person who, yes, I'm fictionalizing this one person, but people like him exist. People like him are based on people I know. People like him are based on people that I have been friends with for years and never agreed on anything. Anything, you know, it's like we well, we agreed on I don't know what we 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 had we had you know kids or whatever some connection, but we just didn't talk about politics. And suddenly, those people are coming over to me and going, "Hey, Sam, um, yeah, uh, some of those things you've been saying, uh, you you actually kind of might be right. Is that going to be a factor in twenty twenty four? You betcha. I have zero. Doubt of it. Got to take a quick break. Sam Rajofsky, News Talk 840, KXNT, this hour of the What's Right Show, brought to you by Sam and Ash Injury Law. If you've been in an accident, there's no reason to call a sleazy lawyer. It's not just about the settlement check. It's about representing your interests and your values. So call Sam and Ash at 702-820-1234 or visit samandashlaw.com. Well, in local news you can use, uh, the city of Las Vegas is um, sounding the alarm here 
uh, on apparently some fake parking tickets that are going around. They put this up on Twitter. Uh, Yes, well, uh, apparently, okay, first off, the city will never ask for money using Cash App. I thought this would be pretty straightforward, but I'm going to tell you all just so you know. Um, Also, (laughs) there will never be any handwritten notes on the ticket. Even if you're Ash Watkins of Sam and Ash Injury Law. Um, I'm kidding. She's never, to my knowledge, gotten a handwritten note on a ticket. But hey, uh, they're not going to do that. And There's always going to be a citation number, a date, and the officer's name who tried to destroy your life there with that ticket written on the ticket. So don't fear. That's the setup. Uh, City of Las Vegas reporting this. This is a, this is a scam as old as time. I tell you, this is a city of scams. Uh, I know it happens everywhere, but I, I see the stuff in my industry, and I just I, I, it, it sickens me. So I have no doubt that people are doing this stuff. Absolutely gross. So please, if you've got any questions, call call the city's parking team. That number is two two nine forty seven hundred two two nine four seven zero zero seven zero two area code. All righty. Told you about my fictional person living in the city, living life as a liberal. Liberal. I gave the Example is a Jewish person who not just having to deal with all the insanity of all the terrible liberal policies, but then uh, compounding the problem, then uh, being suddenly found himself in a vortex of anti-Semitism perpetrated by the left. Even though this person his entire life has been told, oh, but it's the right-wingers that are anti-Semites. Right. Not quite the case, is it? Now, I saw this clip post. This is heartbreaking. There's a guy, uh, his name is Buck Palmer. There's a store that uh, that he has. It sells jewelry and hats. And I, This is stuff, Robbie. Robbie, do you know the store? Have you been to the store? I'm not, not saying you're into jewelry and hats, okay? Don't take it the wrong way. But this seems like the sort of, this sort of, he's denying it, folks. This is kind of the hipster establishment I could see you, uh, you, you being in. But, but I'm going to, okay, we'll let it go. But this guy basically is, is posting this video after having just gotten broken into again. And this is a small business owner, right, that has, and it, you can tell in the background the store looks beautiful minus the fact that it's been ransacked. Listen to this guy. Listen to and because uh, I don't. I'm looking at this guy, and he's a trendy LA person, a little bit on the younger side. Uh, I'm just going to go on a wild limb and say this guy votes Democrat, or at least voted Democrat. Listen to him. I just wanted to let you know that um, we're closing down the retail store. <laughs> We've been broken into three times in the last year, and um, this morning got a call at five in the morning. And uh, had a break and enter again, and uh, the security guys and the police guys just came too late again, and Los Angeles has just gone absolutely crazy with uh, this stuff. So apparently it's happening all over. These guys are professionals. They have tools. Um, You can see they broke into the the side door here, the gate. We have four cameras. We have alarms. Alarms went off. Um, We've been hit three times now. And it's just taken its toll. So that's it for the retail store. We're going to go all online. I really appreciate the um, the support. And we had some great times over the years here in the other store. 
for two years and then pandemic happened coming back to Abbot Kinney was um, really special and put a lot of love into this place but uh, it's just not worth it the problem with the left today is they're anti-capitalist they had no problem shutting your store down dude during covid and I you know I don't know I didn't follow what he had to say I bet he just went along with it oh it's for the we're under a public health directive how many times sad and I, I actually feel bad for them but a number of you small business owners around Las Vegas told me Sam we're under a public health directive take your fuck take your public health directive and shove it up Sisalax rear end would be my response we don't have to listen to these dictators why buy into the premise so this guy uh, goes from one store to two stores because of the pandemic destroying his business. He takes it on the chin. He reopens, goes into it, and guess what? They went from pandemic shutdowns to letting the criminals run amok. Out of the frying pan, into the fire. Over my dead body Well, this happen here in Las Vegas or here in Nevada. I tell you right now, folks, I, I, I don't know what, it, what I will have to do to, to prevent this from occurring, but you can bet your bottom dollar I won't let it happen. It's all because the left, I'm telling you, these radical leftists in these cities, in these blue states, they hate entrepreneurs. They want everybody out of business. They just want the big conglomerates, the, the Amazons to, to rule the world that they're cozy with and get tons of money from. The rest of us can go shove off. They don't, they don't need us. But here's the thing. We can send them packing. And that's the message of today's show. We, the people, have the power. Their ideas are losing bigly. People on their side are coming over to our side not the other way around. People are leaving their states for our states. We're winning this. So let's keep it going. I love you all, friends. Be back here tomorrow. Sam Rajovsky, News Talk 840. This hour brought to you by Sam and Ash Injury Law. Mm-hmm.